Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Wait, 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 wait. We need to stop. We need to stop. We need to stop. Need to but stop. that was such a good intro. I'm, sorry. I'm just kidding. Hey. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome to Sisters Not Ashamed. Still here, still unashamed. Always. And feeling good. Yeah. In this moment. Yes. Uh, I'm Melanie. I'm Kristen. Yeah. We forgot to say that in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is our high time we talk about this episode. Yes. So because we'll let it's you high guys... time we talk about it. <laughs> That's right. It's high, high time. We'll let you guys figure out for yourselves what that could possibly mean. <laughs> I think it's pretty self-explanatory because, you know, these are important topics. Yeah. I feel important like. Important topics to be talked about. Yes. I feel like I'm one of those guys that talks at a game. <laughs> <laughs> and we got Melanie over here. Yeah. Sitting on the Tufan. Tufan. I know. It's now a Tufan. How's your mental health, Melanie? Well, you know, it's been good, actually. Really? Yeah, actually. I was thinking about this the other day. I feel like since we started this podcast and we've been doing the whole unshaming thing, yeah. I think it has actually helped me a lot. And um, I don't know, just not putting so much pressure on myself yeah. when I do have a bad day or because bad days are allowed. They do happen. But also, I, there would be things that I would think about or would pop in my mind in the past and I would feel like guilty or bad or ashamed, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I don't know. It's just opening up, talking about the shit we've been dealing with, getting positive feedback from people. Yes, that has been great. It's been healing yeah. for me. Like just to, to show my vulnerable parts, and I don't mean genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, we don't shame you if you want to. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there are nudist colonies. People like yeah. to be naked. It's okay. Right. <laughs> and we are going to have an episode about unshaming the vagina, by yes. the way. But anyways, um, yeah, showing those vulnerable parts of myself has helped me to just, I think, feel better in general on a daily basis yeah. and even make progress in therapy for myself. Like in my own therapy sessions, I've gone further than I've ever gone before because I, a lot of times will hold back in therapy because yeah. of shame. And it's like, I was able to talk myself through that. Like you don't have to be ashamed of this. You don't have exactly. to be scared. Yeah. And because of that and doing that in session in therapy, I'm made progress more so than I have in years. Yeah. You hear that, guys? Y'all are helping us more <laughs> than we're probably helping y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had some anxiety. I've had some low moments, but they haven't been as bad and they haven't lasted as long. Yeah. Well, that's good. I had anxiety this morning. That's one of the reasons I took BTO yeah. from work today. Yeah. I was like, I just can't do this. And decided to go home <laughs> yeah but um yeah i would say my mental health is pretty much the same yeah um lately just because i still have so much going on yeah. school and work and podcast and trying to make time for me to just be with myself mm -hmm. but then it's like when i'm in those times i'm thinking of what i should be doing yeah um, yeah, so I'm ready for this semester to be over. I bet. And just focus on other things for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I remember that feeling too when I was in school. Like, yeah. Even when you're not doing anything, there's always something lingering on yes. you. Yes. Always. Uh, real. No joke. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. So, um... Did you want to do you want to read an affirmation card? Yeah. By the way, we're just sort of winging this episode. Oh, yeah, we should mention <laughs> that we are. Um, yeah, there are some things we just want to talk about 
and you know we're in a state of mind where I feel like we're comfortable yeah talking about and we don't really know where it's gonna go exactly or how deep or how far but we'll trust that it well what needs to be said will be said don't know how deep or far it will go (laughs) that's what she said I'm sorry, I turned everything into a pervy joke. <laughs> You're like a middle school boy. I am. I got the haircut and everything too, you know? <laughs> Barely got the boobs. Just a middle school boy. <laughs> no hate, uh, no hate. Anyways. Let's do an affirmation. Alright. Also, if y'all hear weird like clicking sounds, this chair. I barely move and it makes that sound. So I'm sorry. It's not moving. Don't shame me for moving. <laughs> I'm a fidgeter. <laughs> um, this one looks familiar, so I'm going to read a different one. Okay. <laughs> all right. This one also looks familiar, but they probably all look similar. So, um, <laughs> Today, I will see the possibilities. Today, anything is possible. My heart is open to any and all possibilities. Hmm. Any and all possibilities just yes. come right into my heart. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Melody, stop setting them up for me. <laughs> come just, all no, over my heart. I'm just kidding. This is serious. <laughs> like, I do need all the possibilities to be in my heart. Just really. In there. Just get, get up in there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is the end of a Sunday for us, so... Yeah. I don't want much more possibilities in my day, honestly. Yeah. I just want to rest. I do have Spanish when it's due by 11.59. Well, <laughs> there's a possibility it'll get done. There is, yes. <laughs> a low possibility. <laughs> Anyways. We will um, take all possibilities. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's I understand what it's saying. You know, just yeah. be optimistic. Yeah. But you don't have to today because today is almost over. <laughs> For us. Yeah. But when you're listening to this Wednesday morning. Yes. Or whenever. Whenever. Probably, morning. Yeah. <laughs> if it's in the morning. Probably is the most. It's a possibility. <laughs> I'm thinking like it's the most relevant. With all the possibilities <laughs> of when you're listening to this <laughs> podcast. Oh. But like in the morning is the most relevant to you yeah like because it says like today yeah. i will because you will have so many possibilities yeah <laughs> early uh anyway. I mean, a lot of things could happen while you're sleeping i guess oh my god okay Look, tangent over we don't need to get into like dream <laughs> talk because i had some inception dreams last night and they were pretty insane i've been having crazy dreams too but i can never remember them i can it's vaguely I vaguely yeah. remember I just remember constantly thinking of waking up to a dream but I was still dreaming yeah like I did that at least three times last night yeah where I thought I woke up but I didn't I hate that yeah because then it's like what's reality anymore yeah we're just living a dream also it might have been because I went to work this morning and then I came home and I slept uh-huh. and so maybe my whole mind's all fucked. Yeah, a lot happened this morning in a short amount of time, plus yeah. the time change and everything. Yeah. So I was all over the place last night. This yeah. morning. Whatever. All right. So um We're gonna jump into a topic that's close to both of us. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, we're gonna take a break. Yeah, that sounds good. Actually, now I get to sing my song. Welcome back from the break. I think it changes every <laughs> podcast. It does. That's, that's the that's, that's the, the point. We're gonna have to like like somehow put all of them together one day and just like have a whole song. Back from the break compilation. Yes. All right, guys. We're gonna talk about something I like to call. Food trauma. Yeah. Food be getting traumatized. Yeah, man. The way we beat that meat. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Why is that the tone of the night? 
tone of my night every night. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, on serious note, I don't know how serious I can be right now, but... It's high time we talk about this. It is high fucking time we talk about food fucking drama. That's a word my name's Kristen made up. I'm sure I made it up. (laughs) Um... That is what food trauma is to me is what basically how when you were a kid, how food basically became your enemy, your nemesis, if you will. Um, so something that happened to me a lot as a kid, especially being an overweight child, uh, food became the topic of everything. <laughs> Basically, um, in my household, we're constantly worried about being healthy, being, um, a, the per, you know, trying to be the perfect person, the perfect look the perfect way. You know how society has made us this way. Yeah. And um, it's honestly been on my mind a lot lately because I've been working on an art project uh, that I will, will be finishing soon, hopefully and able to show y'all but it has to do a lot with body dysmorphia and how society has made us feel but going back to the food trauma i would say what really has like what is triggering and why i make i say trauma is because of the way like if I, because I was a big kid, if I was eating anything, uh-huh. any amount, someone would always be like, you can eat all of that, Kristen? Uh-huh. You know, or make a comment like that. And it was constant. It was like almost every time I'm eating, yeah. like, I'm being observed as yeah. the big kid. Like yeah. constantly eyes are on me. I have to think about what I'm getting, like how much I'm getting. And then that's gone into my adulthood because now it's like I'm constantly thinking everyone's looking at me mm-hmm. as a big person and what I'm eating, how much I'm eating. Yeah. And then like or cuz every like when I was little it always made comments about you know how much and like the oh you should eat this it's better for you. Yeah. Or do this diet with me, Kristen. Mm-hmm. Um hey, we should get you on diet pills. Like my weight was talked about so much yeah and then what really fucked me over was like there'd be all this negative talk about food mm-hmm. and then like my nana or somebody would be like go to mcdonald's yeah and be like christian you want two sandwiches yeah i'm like i'm a kid and even as a kid i was thinking like is this a test right. am i supposed to say no i don't want two sandwiches <laughs> God. Of course i want two sandwiches if you're offering yeah make chicken sandwiches those things they don't fill you up. <laughs> so, like, I always thought those things as a kid. And yeah. now, that stuff affected me now as an adult because then I'm like, it's like a constant battle in my head. Like, do I need to eat this? I should really eat healthy. I don't yeah. need to do this. And then I'm thinking, no, I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. I can eat what I want. And that right there is also a bad thing (laughs) because I'm like having this battle in my head. And then I like get to a point where I'm like, I am not a child anymore. I can eat what I want. I can do what I want. And then I start eating everything. Yeah. And it's just like, that's not good either. Yeah. The floodgates open. Yeah. And then it's like really hard, um, relationship wise too. Yeah. Because Abdel is very, very healthy yeah like eating healthy he doesn't eat sugar he yeah. doesn't eat pork i mean he is very healthy constantly thinking about that stuff yeah and i get triggered anytime anyone mentions anything about food mm-hmm. like and abdel's done this before yeah like um oh you're eating some more candy yeah and like he doesn't think like it's bad or that he's doing anything like, yeah. it's not intentional to be, like, judgy uh-huh. or whatever, but he just, I think he also has some things with food, uh-huh. some issues with food, 
it's just on the opposite end. Yeah. It's on the healthier end, I guess, ish, because restrictive end. Yeah. Um, but like, and then like at our wedding, I got mad because um, he we were drinking soda. We don't drink a lot of soda in Morocco, uh-huh. but we were at our wedding. And then I was about to get more, and Abdel was just like, I think just one is fine. And I yeah. got so mad. Yeah. I was like, and that makes me want to drink it more. Like, yeah. Like, don't tell me that I can't can't have. Like, yeah. I'm not a kid. And because of that food trauma, yeah. I'm like overzealous or I get really mad. Yeah. And- well, I mean, I think it's there's it's reasonable to be upset for somebody to, I don't know say something about how you're eating or drinking. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's not your, it's not your choice. It's not your problem. Yeah. <laughs> but I can also see where it's like, I'm coming off like defensive right away. Yeah. And when he's probably just thinking it's normal, like what yeah. he's saying, there could be also a language barrier yeah. in there. But um, or he's not realizing. I've tried to explain to him, mm-hmm. like, what it feels, but he, um, like, but you know, people don't really understand. Yeah, they the ones that know, they know, <laughs> they know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, know exactly how I feel. Yeah, it is just like trauma. It's like a trauma reminder, mm-hmm. and there's like, you know, I was reading because I was like, wait, did Kristen make up this word? And there is like food trauma so it's like yeah. a trauma that can be either directly or indirect indirectly related to food so like you could have a food trauma because you ate something that had a bug in it you know and then now yeah. you can't eat that food anymore because it had a it reminds you of that time yeah. and it was so upsetting for you or it could be more like indirectly like every time you you eat you know you start getting all these negative associations with food then it's suddenly like everything <laughs> doing with food has can't the potential to um trigger negative emotions for you because it got associated that way and i think that's so common for women especially yeah and you know that's why i want to talk about it because i feel like it's not talked about enough yeah people are mentioning you know like the internet's bad or you know like society is bad like they're making us feel like we need to look a certain way I feel like we've actually come a long way. Yeah. Um, you know, we got people that are actually like famous and they're big. Yeah. Like, I mean, Lizzo, yeah. she's a beautiful, beautiful woman and she should be able yeah. to represent. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the past, because you're big, you know, yeah. you weren't able to show your talent, show your talent to the yeah. world. Because nobody was accepting that. But now we're getting to a, um, a place and that it sucks, you know, mm-hmm. that we had to wait so long for this to happen or that it was such an issue. Mm-hmm. And, like, it sucks that it – but I'm glad it's, like, turning new, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there is change happening. Yes, there's still negative. Yeah. there's it, the society, society is still negative. But we are seeing it different. We are seeing a change. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like the double-edged sword of social media is that on one one end, there's like, actually, I don't know if that's a double-edged sword, but, you know, it's got positives and negatives with yeah. social media because then you have all of these like perfectly thin and like whatever um, people flooding Instagram influencers and that's what all these like young girls are looking to and aspiring to but then you do have because of that on the same end you've had other non-conventional yeah beauty standards being pushed on to social media and then those people you they're out there for young people to see too but I like whereas when we were kids I mean it was Victoria's Secret models that's all I saw and like the kids on TV, whoever was on TV, and it was always skinny, you know, the exact same formula. Skinny, thin, tall, white, usually blonde. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, that's what I'm going to try to bring out in my artwork, too, is, Mm -hmm. like, 
the negativity like society has brought on to us and our bodies and the things women will do to be that perfect body yeah women are starving themselves yeah they're like doing every they're like molding like trying to mold this perfect person but that doesn't exist yeah because it's all fake like all that negative social media and like what you should look like it's all fake yeah you know we're human we we're all different Mm -hmm. we have different body parts all vaginas are different too you know (laughs) i feel like things we said we're gonna talk about that one day (laughs) on a full episode of just vaginas (laughs) yes but i think it's important too to say that you know it's not people look at like either you're super duper skinny like anorexic skinny or you're like way overweight and those are the problems those are the people who are struggling but the reality is it doesn't matter what your size is you can have an unhealthy relationship with food and it may it's not something that's gonna always be readily visible to people on the outside and i think that for you and i we grew up on the like flip side of the coin whereas like you were always getting the attention around food because you were overweight and I was skinny or sometimes very skinny, like too skinny to normal, yeah. you know, to average. And so like nobody ever batted an eye at yeah. me in my relationship with food, but I actually had a very negative relationship with food as well. But because, and you were talking about this the other night, it's like so much of that attention got put on me well, because I was big. Yeah. I'm like, we need to make sure. Yeah. yeah. And then there were a lot of fear tactics to like, your, which it is a health, you know, it's a health concern, but like using that to like sort of scare you yeah. to try to lose weight or um, like the goal was just always yeah. to lose weight. Yeah. And my mom literally tried everything. She yeah. would. She wanted me on diet pills. She um, would m- make me go with to the gym with her. Yeah. And then um, she's even like, she would offer to pay me money to lose weight. Yeah. And I uh, was always doing these Weight Watchers and diets and everything. And then there's like any family get together is just constantly about my weight. It's so strange because like, the diet culture, our family is so immersed into the diet culture. Like all the women in our family are constantly talking about their diets that they're trying yeah. or how they're losing weight or if they've lost or gained weight recently and what they're going to do next, you know, try yeah. to lose weight. And every single time we get together, we put together these major, like huge yeah. feasts and a bunch of just carb loaded yeah. cheese. Like, sugar the most all the most unhealthy foods you can possibly get and so our family literally has even just the culture of our family is a restricting and binging cycle within the culture of our family alone so it's like we grew up into that which i think is for so many women that's Mm -hmm. the case because when you get in that cycle and you're so used to restricting and then you right and then you purge are you Splurge, not purge. Yeah. <laughs> Splurge. And purge you get that like dopamine rush yeah. and everything, and it feels good. Plus, you're spending time with family, like all those positive associations. And yeah. then it's like drop. And then you got to get back to that yeah. high. Literally, and you're just doing that over and over. While they're eating this food, they're thinking, oh, I need to go. I need to start my diet. I'm starting my diet Monday, guys. Yeah. Like, okay no one no one needs to care like you should i feel like they say that as in a way to justify eating their food like oh i'll I'll just start on monday you know they used to joke about that stuff all the time well i'm guilty of this too yeah i know but like why that's like you know because i feel like we don't question this it's like why is it important for women to say that why is it important for us to start start be starting a diet or thinking about starting a diet on Monday. Yeah. Why does that even need to be a comment said while you're eating food? Yeah. Like just eat the food. Yeah. <laughs> like I it just drives me insane because literally I think it wasn't it was some family get together, we got together, everyone was there. And 
I just hear my Nana and someone else just, they're just talking about, oh, you look good, mm-hmm. you know, ah, oh, what have you been doing to lose weight and yeah. all this stuff? And I'm like, why is that the first thing we say to someone we see? Yeah. Like, I looked good before I lost the weight too. How about yeah. that? Like, how, tell me I look good anytime. <laughs> Not because I'm losing weight. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why that is, it's the way society has made women. Yeah. Like, we're just, it's constant revolving around. Right. This, like, you're losing weight means you're looking prettier. Yeah. Skinny is pretty and then like there's been that shift recently like strong is pretty and yeah. like all of that stuff which I mean I think is good too but I feel like we have a long way to go like the point is that as humans we need food and our yeah. bodies tell us if we listen our bodies communicate to what what it is that it wants mm-hmm. and needs and it want or need it doesn't matter like we should be able just to tune into our body and give it what it wants or needs in the moment not overindulge but if we do then be like well that what that sucked and that made me feel like my stomach feel like crap i'll try not to do that next time but like the point is you're listening and responding to your body rather than outward to all of these social cues and all of the societal cues of like what you should or shouldn't be eating or how much you should or shouldn't weigh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I was just thinking like, Oh, wow. Wow. Train of thought. Gone. <laughs> um, that's what it sounds like. when my train of thought crashes, by the way. Oh, yours crashes. Mine just kind of goes off the rails. Oh, and then, and then it, it'll it come ru- back. Yeah, like runs away. It's like out of my brain. <laughs> and then it comes back, like on a screen, like yeah. on a TV. Like the, when they put the hook out and like pull them off oh, the stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like if someone just, you know, changed the tracks really quick. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we're going this way. Like back that way. Yeah. Come back around. Probably could be today, could be tomorrow. Could yeah. Be several months from now. <laughs> could be. <laughs> that is true. But, um, yeah, just, I don't know. I just wish society didn't make everything about diets. Yeah. Even, like, it's so bad out there. It's yeah. so bad. All these other things, keto. Yeah. I think there's one that's called the Mediterranean or something. Um, there's, there's so many diets. Weight Watchers. And, you know, don't get me wrong. They probably work. But how yeah. long? How long do they work until yeah. you stop them and then you gain all your weight. Right. You know, Because diets don't work. It's not a diet. You're doing something for a small period of time. And then when it ends, you stop doing it. So, yeah. of course, you're going to go right back to old habits. Right. So, if, like, losing weight shouldn't be your goal. No. It should be getting healthy. And how do you feel? Yes. Change, changing your lifestyle. Yeah. But that is so much easier said than done. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Even just listening to your body is so much easier said than done. Yeah. Because we, like, I know I do, I check out so much every day from my body. And I spend a lot of time up in my, like, mental space. Yeah. Because, for one, I do a job that requires a lot of mental processing. But, like, we're all, like, constantly go, 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 trying to, like, accomplish all these tasks throughout the day. That, like, we're not checking in with our bodies until the, it's, like, last minute. It's like, oh, shit, I'm starving. <laughs> now yeah. I'm starving. And, or you know, like, then that's, like, we got to reach for whatever's available to us. And then we, like, overdo it because we're still, like, not yeah. really, like, like, sitting down and listening to our bodies when we eat. Like, I sit down and watch TV or do whatever. I'm, like, just connect with your body. And that's, like, where, because I'm so guilty of the diet culture like I gave like totally bought into that my first diet I did was when I was in in high school and I got really skinny was because I was doing a diet that my aunt was doing which is don't eat anything after 4 p.m I remember that and I did that for so long I lost so much weight and got so skinny that I lost my period yeah so it's like since then I've been chasing like that same like um effectiveness and dieting for one your body changes so 
the same diet is probably not going to work for you exactly. over the years. And then also like, um, I got a little sidetracked, but basically I gave in, I bought so into that diet culture and have been so hard on myself whenever I wasn't super skinny, like rail thin skinny yeah. and just constantly striving for that. No fat, no fat whatsoever. And any little bit of fat was bad. And like having fat means you are fat. And if you're fat, that's shameful. Yeah. Which is not. And this is why, like, I know people probably get uncomfortable or whatever Mm -hmm. when I say I'm fat. Mm -hmm. Or I make jokes about me being fat. Mm -hmm. Like, but it's just something I do. I don't see being fat as, like, a bad thing. Yeah. Like, uh, I need I need to be healthier. I do. I do need to be healthier. But I don't want... I don't care to be smaller. Yeah. Like, I don't see... Like, there's so many people... This is... TikTok has helped me a lot with this. I'm on... Like, I've seen... I don't know if it's called Big TikTok. I don't know. Big BBW TikTok? I don't know. <laughs> um, but there's so many women out there that are so confident in yeah. their size... And they should be. Yeah. They're so beautiful. They were wearing the crop tops just like they should. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. And then, um, you know, people are always giving backhanded compliments like, oh, she's so confident. I wish I had her confidence. Like, okay, that's not, that doesn't, that's not a compliment. You mean it as a compliment? It's not. Yeah. Like, like she just, shouldn't have that confidence because yeah, she's not she's, skinny or something. Yeah. It's just like, why does why is there's a skinny girl wearing a crop top and a big girl wearing a crop top? You're telling the skinny girl, she, oh, she's so confident. Yeah. No, you're telling the big girl she's so right. confident. And that's why it's not a compliment. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I wish I'm trying to get to that point yeah. to where I am very confident mm-hmm. in my size, and um, I'm also just trying to be healthier too. Yeah. Like get. It's, it's all in the, it's a mind thing. You have mm-hmm. to be able to be there mentally. Yeah. To be able to actually do it. And it's really hard because of, like, I get into my depressed states, you know? Yeah. And I also wanted to say, like, I'm sorry that it's, like, the fact when I was younger, being big took away from you being seen. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I know, I don't need to apologize because there's nothing I could control with that Mm -hmm. but it sucks that because I was big you got overlooked I understand like it's like saying more like I sympathize yeah with the situation because it's not your fault yeah so I can't forgive you because it's not your yeah (laughs) and there's there's no need to yeah but yeah I sympathize and I sympathize with your experience on the other side of constantly being nagged about it and labeled and just never let be we were both being pushed to disconnect from our bodies in different ways yeah um I do want to say that um I don't know how you're gonna feel about this but I had as a kid I had this intrusive thought um, that I was it's so crazy, <laughs> but I was your motivation for you to st- stay small. Mm-hmm. That I always thought that this is again, y'all, this interest of thoughts. And yeah. it was like I was a kid, but you know, I would be like, oh, Melanie's running mm-hmm. again. It must be she don't want to look like me, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I would get those thoughts. And it sucks because, like, (laughs) you're also out there doing something that's not healthy for you. Yeah. As I'm taking what you're doing it and, like, it's become unhealthy for me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we're we're seeing all seeing the world from our through our own trauma lens and, like, our own perspective, like, experiences that we've had. So we interpret the things that we see based on that. Yeah. And of course I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that I wasn't looking at you. You know, you're my sister. I love, I loved you. And I never, I never thought that about you specifically, but I did have that thought about being fat, being big is bad. 
And I don't want to be like, if I reach that level, I won't be as worthy of love. And so like, that was like, I'm already trying so hard to be accepted and loved by people around me. Like if I do that, like, and I thought I was fat. Like I thought I was Yeah. in my head. I was like, I'm not worthy of love because I'm, you know, I gained this weight in my stomach and like, now I need to go run. Yeah. And as an adult, I know that now, like, yeah, that you never thought you were, I mean that you were thought you were big. Sorry. You did think that you gained weight. Sorry, I have right like now. body dysmorphia. Yeah. I know. I didn't want to like, I don't, I'm going to let you talk about yeah. your own stuff. Well, we can actually segue into that in a second because yeah. we're about to need to take a break anyways. Okay. Um, is that a good stopping point for you? Yeah, I think this is, this is good. Good okay. stopping point. All right. <laughs> Welcome back from the break. The break. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I don't know, just like randomly off the top of my head, no idea where it's gonna go. And he, every time I just yeah. start singing and see what comes out. It's like when Michael's God's like he starts a sentence and he's like, I just Oh yeah, he just goes. Like when he's like, what, is that the one where he's like doing the sales? Stuff? I think so. And yeah, he's like, like, I don't really know where uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I think Oh no, it was in the interview. Yeah, like something yeah. with yeah, and he was like, sometimes I just start a sentence, and I don't know where it ends up. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so yeah, we were um starting to talk about, I think, just like a little bit more of our past in terms yeah. of eating disorders and how unhealthy relationships with food yeah. in, in general. So, I sort of was on the opposite end of Kristen, and I did deal with a lot of body dysmorphia and always thinking that I was much fatter than I actually was in reality. And I remember that starting from a very young age, like when we were in middle school and my, I have memories of standing in front of a mirror. My stepmom had given me some jeans to wear, which was a big deal because we couldn't wear pants back then. And they were a size double zero. And I just remember feeling like proud about that. And then also her, like bragging to somebody else, like another mom that like they had asked what size it was. And she's like double zero. Like the way that she was talking about it, like I could feel from the the way that it was being talked about, like that it was a good thing. Yeah. And it was like, I achieved something good by being able to wear a double zero. Yeah. Can I um, add a little bit just to show how we were getting different yeah so you got praise for mm-hmm. that but i would get looked down on if i asked for a capri sun yeah there was one time i will never forget this because it's trauma mm-hmm. um i asked for a capri sun because my little sister got one and i was like oh, I want one. Mm-hmm. and my uh stepmother at the time same person that just praised mm-hmm. melanie mm-hmm. would be like i knew you would want that because it's sweet yeah you know that's something that stuck yeah. with me forever. I didn't even want the Capri Sun anymore. After yeah. that. It's important how we talk to kids because yeah. I don't think we realize the messages. I mean, we do realize, but we aren't paying close enough attention as adults to how the messages are getting across to our kids. Like yeah. in, in the way that we say things and how we say things, they know the meaning behind yeah. it. Children know way more than what adults give them credit. And they actually are better at picking up on like energy and um, body language and tone because the language centers aren't even fully developed until much later in life. So they have to rely more on that. So if you say something, the words are happy, but you say it in an angry tone, that kid is always going to hear anger over, over, sorry, my child therapist voice, like my just jumped in, but like, yeah. So like, I knew, like, I picked up on the, okay, this is good. When yeah. when I'm skinny, my parents are happy and proud of me, and and I feel more loved. What I thought was love, you know, like, it was attention. Yeah. And um, I wanted, 
I wanted that to feel more loved and accepted and not ashamed because the other side is that we grew up in this cult background. We're constantly being shamed and everything we do is wrong. So it's like any little bit of praise that I could get felt so good. And it was like being like, um, getting a high, you know? And so like, and it's also what I associated with love because I started to associate like shame and, um, guilt with hate Mm -hmm. and then like, praise with love yeah. and that's like those equated with each other from if I was getting praise from my parents it meant they loved me if I was being shamed by my parents it meant they hate me yeah and we got a lot of shame yes we did and I think like that's one of the reasons why like I am the way I am to this day because like where you were getting shame sometimes you were getting positive Mm -hmm. feedback I felt constantly judged by everyone and everything like school uh-huh. family church like it was there was just always always doing something wrong yeah like, so like sorry no, i just want to put a little context in this like if anybody's ever learned about dysfunctional families at all people tend to fall into certain roles within dysfunctional families and so the parents will be like um usually like there might be an addict and then an, an, an enabler and um, their relationship with each other is explosive and unhealthy. Um, that can present in a lot of different ways, though. But then the children tend to fall into different roles because they're managing that chaos that's created by the unhealthy adult yeah. relationship. So the children fall into the roles of the peacekeeper, which was me. I was definitely the peacekeeper, the overachiever, the one that, like, tried to be the, like, I this this role is for the family to feel like they have something like good and proud in their family that they can be like show everything like shine the light on what meanwhile everything else in the background is like being hidden away so like go look at our daughter who's like excelling and doing great and we'll just like focus on that and we don't have to think about all the bad stuff that's going on back here so that's the um overachiever and peacekeeper really i think i played both of those and then there's the scapegoat this is the kid who can never do anything right they're always doing everything wrong and that's the one the family needs to blame all their problems on yeah and i feel like you filled the scapegoat role yeah i mean that makes a lot of sense so why i relate to dobby crimmins yeah so much (laughs) yeah you want to go listen to her podcast dobby is amazing yeah it's actually called scapegoat yeah she talks a lot about dysfunctional families you know, and then there's other roles too, like class clown, not class clown, basically class clown, yeah. family clown. Yeah. And um, there's a lot, but I just want to put some context ar- around that because I think I was that. Yeah. I did get that like a student, like overachiever. Yeah. And I was constantly pushing for that. And to me, that was like how I earned yeah. love. And you were the scapegoat. Yeah. Like you can never do anything right. Yeah. And so then eventually I like especially in middle school because that's when I was being bullied the most um I was making f's in school mm-hmm. like I was not doing good but then um when I did go to high school I um did start at least making a's and b's mm-hmm. I think I started f- like finding myself and who I wanted to be yeah like getting away from my family and not really caring what they were thinking of me because that's yeah. when I started getting in more fights with my mom and getting like, I I was beginning to not care yeah. what they thought of me. And that's what I think I was, cause I was slowly pulling away, yeah. you know, whenever I went to uncle Steven's aunt Jen's, it's like yeah. my freedom, my chance to discover who I was. And I yeah. think that's why I was able to actually change, like be more me and like, so, um, my like on unap- as my hairstylist says, she's just like you're so unapologetically yourself yeah and i love that about you and i'm like that's i think like towards the end of high school is really when i was becoming into that yeah and then when i was able to move out of that house yeah like i was that was like really what was my next step mm-hmm. and then i moved back to i mean i moved to south georgia mm-hmm. i was able to get into therapy and yeah. i was able to just like actually figure out who i was and become that person I want because of 
because I was a scapegoat because yeah. I, and I was able to escape <laughs> right escape being yeah. scapegoat because it didn't care so much about yeah me towards the end like because I could never do anything right or yeah. whatever you know that you were there I always felt like even as a kid like everyone loves Melanie yeah. everyone loves Melanie anytime I'm anywhere without Melanie hey where's Melanie you know yeah. I always felt like I guess kind of in your shadow mm-hmm. um so I don't know like a lot of focus went to you when you were in high school and you're leaving mm-hmm. and you got married and yeah all that stuff and um so it was like I kind of got got to be able to like escape a little bit mm-hmm. and so because you know I was the focus because I wasn't ever doing anything right and I was yeah. overweight when we were younger but then that focus moved when you were like star <laughs> yeah yeah it's crazy too like i'm thinking about like to like our different experiences so like starting in i think the earliest memory i have about being skinny or trying to be skinny was like middle school and then high school because you're talking about your high school experiences yeah. i'm thinking like my high school what was in high school what was i doing and that was when i i would say that's when i really entered into um, bulimia and some serious eating disorders because I had gotten into this state of mind of really needing to disappear, which is so funny. Like what you're talking about, it's like, we're on these parallel tracks, yeah. like, but not really like with each other, but yeah. parallel to each other. And my, I wanted to disappear. Like I really did. I felt like the skinnier I was, the, the less space I took up, which I think is a lot to do yeah. with it like the more value I had like yeah. that was where where I would get value and then it kind of morphed into this super um over the top religious thing because I was obsessing with getting rid of myself and letting God shine through so I was like literally trying to just erase myself yeah. and just and because this is what in our church and our cult especially was like you as a human you can't do anything right you're not worthy of attention and love it's all god he's the only one that's worthy and so when people look at you they shouldn't see you they should see god they should always see god and i was to the point where i had like a i think i told you this last time like i covered my face on my wallet with a piece of paper like symbolically saying i'm disappearing like I was symbolizing to myself, I need to disappear yeah. and like, don't take up space in this world. And like, I was starving myself. I lost so much weight and I was like, just skin and bones. And then when I started to gain weight back, um, because I think I, my body started to go through some natural changes and I had my first breakup. Yeah, I started to gain some weight back. And I couldn't lose it like I did before. So I started purging and then I started binging and purging. And that was a cycle I continued like throughout my adulthood until like the last couple of years. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's like crazy. Like the fact, like what we went through, we both like experienced the food trauma Mm -hmm. in like different ways. Yeah. And just body dysmorphia in different ways yeah like no one realized like i didn't have a problem with the way i looked until people started pointing it out yeah and then it was like you're over there struggling with Mm -hmm. your body but no one's telling you like everyone's always telling me what is wrong but no one's telling you what is good i was getting praised for it the more the skinnier you are the more you disappear the better for a woman Yeah, yeah it was being encouraged and like I think my mom or somebody at one point pointed out, they're like, Melanie, I can see your spine. And, but then I was like, that was it. Yeah. Nothing else. And I think like, I do remember at one point, um, you went on a run and I think you did this a lot where you would just run until you threw up. Yeah. And I remember thinking it was an issue. (laughs) Yeah. Like I remember like, you go into running to mom's bathroom to throw up. Yeah. And I was in mom's room and I just remember sitting there thinking like, 
I think I might have went in there and checked on you too. Yeah. I'm like, are you good? Are you okay? Yeah. And like, remember thinking this is probably not healthy. Yeah. And it's really bad for your body to throw up too. Like mm-hmm. too much. It can really fuck with your teeth. Yeah. And um, all the, the esophagus. Yeah. All of it. And it's just, I don't know. I just remember thinking that. And then I, I don't know if I actually said anything to mom or not. Yeah. I can't remember. But I do remember thinking that and like, but no one was saying right. anything. Yeah. Well, in high school, I ran track and that took my eating disorder to a whole nother level because yeah. they do, they make you practice and run really hard. And at least the, you know, my high school, the coaches, they push you to disconnect from your body. If you're feeling pain, if you're feeling like giving up, push through it. Don't listen to your body. Just keep going. Yeah. And if you reach a point where you're throwing up, wow, like you pushed yourself really hard and that's impressive. And that's not. <laughs> <laughs> like that was it. Yeah. And it's like, if you gave up because you felt like you're going to throw up, then that means you're weak, you know? Yeah. So it's like to be strong meant don't listen to your body and just keep pushing. And I did push myself a lot with running to, to the point where I would either throw up or I would have an upset stomach. Yeah. Something bad in the bathroom would be yeah. happening. Yeah. But um, coming out. <laughs> I think that like when you said that it reminded me, I did start to manipulate it to where like, so people wouldn't recognize that I was purging and forcing myself to throw up after a run. I would so go. That's what I, that's what I would. Yeah. yeah. Like I would go. Because also after a run, I would think, like, um, I might feel like the run was too hard and I, like, I needed to punish myself that um, because I had eaten too much food the, either the day before or earlier in the day, yeah. that meant that I couldn't run as well. So now I need to go, like, because I couldn't do this run in a certain amount of time, I need to go purge. That damn food trauma monster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> make a little little character and call him the food trauma monster yeah it it's serious and, and you know i don't know like i never really i've talked about it some with like people but it, i i think it's eating disorders can be very insidious very invisible yeah and easy to just kind of live with yeah because you can get it to a point where it's like it causes you discomfort every so often but you just sort of, you get content yeah. with it being a part of your life. Um, I I don't know if you remember this, but like when I lived with you after, mm-hmm. um, that was probably at one point where I lost the most weight mm-hmm. because mom had me in this program, with, like weight losing program. Mm-hmm. I did lose a good bit of weight yeah. to the point where I was like really active when I lived with you. Yeah. Whereas like going to the gym and then doing 30 laps in the pool. Yeah. And going on um, walks and stuff. Um, I did try to do the th- making myself throw up. Mm-hmm. This is where I found out that I have really good gag reflexes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was super hard yeah. to make myself throw up. Throw yeah. up. It was like impossible. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not a pleasant thing. Yeah. It's in it's really uncomfortable. It's really hard. You have to force yourself to do it. Yeah. And and if I mean if you can't do it, you can't do it. I mean yeah. it's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I literally would try. Yeah. And it was just like and I would like be shoving my finger down yeah. my mouth. And it was just like barely anything happens. Like I'll do the like gag, but then yeah. like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and God, I don't want to be sitting in the by this toilet trying to throw up. Like, yeah, I even think, um, because you know, I you I don't know if you ever watched Degrassi. Yeah, a little but, bit. You know, they talk a little bit about this mm-hmm. kind of stuff on that show. And I remember one of the girls; she was bulimic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the name mm-hmm. for it. And um, she was making herself throw up, and I think that's where I kind of got the idea, mm-hmm. where it just like sat in my brain for a while yeah and then i tried it one day and i could not do it (laughs) yeah um i was like i don't know how people say in here let me do this (laughs) yeah it's it's crazy and it is not a comfortable experience i think like at some point it becomes a form of self-harm too rather than just purging 
because I would, it would happen more, more often in, um, response to feeling like I failed or was a bad person or like I need to punish myself in some way. Cause you know, that's like what the burning myself turned into. Yeah. I used, I would burn myself to like get rid of like this. I, it was my anxiety, you know, just get rid of these, like focus that pain somewhere else. Yeah. But then I would um, do it also anytime I got yelled at. Yeah. As a self to like, I wasn't doing good enough. I got yelled at for something. I always was getting yelled at for something. Yeah. And I would just go to my room and burn myself. Mm-hmm. And because I felt like I needed to be punished because I wasn't good enough. Yeah. I feel like so much of this is related to dysfunctional families and, yeah. um, you know, Dobby the Scapegoat, that's a great podcast to listen yes. to. She's a comedian. She's hilarious. But then also, we're reading a book right now. Yeah. Um, and we're going to do an episode at some point about that and spe- specifically. But I think it's a good example or it's a really good read yeah. around dysfunctional families in general. And it's, um, I'm glad my mom is dead. Or, or I'm glad my mom died. I'm glad my mom died. By Jeanette. Um, What's her name? Fuck. What's her last name? She's Sam from iCarly. Yeah. Um, she's just talking about her. We're, like, we're both just started reading the book. But um, talking about, like, how traumatic it was for her growing up. Like, she had a mom that was very controlling and obsessive and, like, trying to live through her. Yeah. And she's, it's really good so far. And she far. had an eating like, disorder yeah. because of it. Um, I'm still kind of in the early chapters because I can only read on my breaks yeah. at work. But um, she kind of starts off when she's like eight years old. Yeah. And I love that about the book because it just shows how much children see yeah. and recognize at, at such a young age. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, But I feel like... <laughs> Um, we should get into something more fun. This has <laughs> yeah. been a serious high time we talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's good for now. Yeah. Don't want to flood you guys with with all of our crazy stories, but don't want to flood myself either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all um, right. I'm gonna take a quick break and we'll come back to the last segment. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back from the break. The break. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're going to play a game for just to like end things on a high note. Yes. And have a little bit of fun. Yes. Um, I'm going to, we're going to do Never Have I Ever. Um, Eventually we're going to get like a soundboard. We're going to have like a ding. So anytime we have done it, we ding. But this time we're just going to have to say So. First one, okay, is never have I ever had sex on the first date. Ding? I mean, I'm doing one night stands. Are we saying dings? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) dinged, and I'm like, are we saying that? I thought that's what Um, I was gonna say. Ding. Okay. Okay. Yes. Ding. Do one night stands count? I mean, you went on a date first, and then you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then we didn't go on any more dates. Well, you just didn't like each other. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm saying, is it still a first date if it's the only date? Yeah, because if it's just like a hookup, then you probably wouldn't even do the date part. Yeah. First. Most people just want to get to the fucking. Well, that's not how I did it. Oh, it's just me. <laughs> like, let's go to dinner. Yeah. You know, I'm going to meet the person and see if I'm, like, attracted to yeah, them um, first. Yeah, guys, I didn't do sex very safely. Um, just yeah. for that, uh, people out there, please don't follow my example. I met strangers. I went out late at night to parks yeah. and to people's houses. Don't do that. No, be safe. <laughs> yeah. But, um, okay, so ding. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyways, okay, so the next one's a little less spicy. Um, never have I ever received a present I didn't like. Ding? Ding. What? <laughs> yes. Who hasn't? Um, oh, 
this one's funny. Okay. Never have I ever um, pulled a push door. Ding. Ding. All, <laughs> all the time. The signs are not like very noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Never have I ever peed in bed. Mm, I don't think I have. Wait, is the ding for if we have done it or have I've been saying for have. Okay. Okay. I just needed a refresher. <laughs> ding. Um, I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Ding when I was a kid. Yeah. For sure. Oh. I, don't, I, I won't say their name, but if y'all know me, y'all know who I'm talking about probably. Um, someone I dated. He peed the bed. Oh. My bed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. While you I were mean, in it? Yeah, it was like in the morning. I was like, uh, Kristen, I just be bed. Um, I was like, okay, I was like, I was trying so like, I I did a very good job at like not making fun of him <laughs> and being very calm and just yeah. like you know it's okay we're gonna get the sheets we're gonna yeah. clean it you know. I was very annoyed, <laughs> but I did not show it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, just because this. The reason is he was drinking a lot, and, uh, and you know, and he wouldn't believe that that was why. But yeah, if you're gonna if you're an adult and you pee the bed, it's most likely because you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Truth. Um, facts. Never have I ever stolen something. <laughs> ding ding! I went through a very crazy uh, five finger discount um i was with you one time yeah and i was like return was it very mean to me i, I thought was. she was cool she was not cool guys i was like was you not. will not take the nail polish home <laughs> i did i didn't return it <laughs> i can't believe you stole that nail polish that was in my christian face <laughs> you know she was not cool about it i thought she was gonna be cool about no it. She, she like pulled it out and showed me i was like i was a very bad sister because I got heavily stealing things too <laughs> when we were younger. Um, yeah, so. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> um, never have I ever met someone famous. I have not met anyone famous. I have met someone famous, actually. Someone I'm really excited that I was able to meet. I'm going to have to look up their name. Um, they're from. Orange is the New Black. Oh. The Which character? first trans. Oh, yeah. Female. Didn't she do a talk at U- UGA yeah. or something like that? Yeah, we actually got like a picture with her and everything. Oh my God, what is her name? I forgot her name too. As soon as I see it, I'm It's gonna... crazy because in Orange. Laverne is... Cox. Laverne Cox. Oh, yeah. In Orange is the New Black, she actually pl- plays as her brother. Yeah. Before her like transition she like she had the bait like first like major role as a trans woman yeah. in a show and i mean she just like went around doing like speeches and stuff yeah. like talks since she came to our school you could also go with um your y'all's friend that's now famous <laughs> oh yeah teddy swims check him out his uh his music is amazing he's yeah. got a beautiful so soulful voice and apparently he's friends with megan trainer <laughs> yeah he he's on her latest album yeah see you know a lot of famous people i could have met someone famous well we went like right before he blew up he yeah. did a little um like live show at this tiny little cafe in a town near atlanta conyers yeah. And we went and we saw him live and he came up and because he remembered Jason because they used to play in a band together. He came up and hugged Jason and gave me a hug, even though we've never met. But he's just like really sweet, like a big teddy bear. Yeah. 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 I haven't met him, so I haven't met anyone famous. So. Um, <laughs> all right. Another one. Never have I ever lied about staying after school and went somewhere else. Dang. <laughs> Uh, no, because I was, I wasn't allowed to have, do anything fun, so. But I would, like, I would get with my friend, Christy, mm-hmm. or my cousins, Victoria or Amber, yeah. and we would say, like, you know, we're going to, we're doing this club thing, but then we might leave, like, a little bit early, or we yeah. might go from there to my cousin's house. No, I always dreamed about doing things like that. Yeah. 
but I never did because I was afraid of my mother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was too, but. And then I would have like Victoria cover for me sometimes. You actually had like friends that my mom knew too. Yeah. My friends weren't like cousins or they were like from school and stuff. And so like if I were to do anything with them, I'd have to get permission. Yeah. Um, Want to do one more? Yeah. But also I was going to say like I know I've covered for you several times. Where, like, you weren't in your room and mm-hmm. mom was looking for you. Yeah. And she's like, where's Melanie? Yeah. And I would be, like, texting you and I'd be like, mom's looking for you. Yeah. And, like, I'm like, she's in her room. And you would sneak back in your room. Through my window. Yeah. And then you would, like, put on pajamas or something. Yeah. And, like, come out later. And yeah. be like, mom would be like, girl, I'm looking, I was looking for you. Yeah. And, like, I was asleep in my room. Yeah. <laughs> and she believed it. Uh. Oh. Never have I ever chatted with a stranger online. Um, Ding. Ding. I started that very young. Yeah, we both did. Like, as soon as AOL came out, we were in the chat rooms, chatting it up with who knows. I was a very horny middle schooler. (laughs) And I was all up in those. You were just a middle schooler. I was all up in those role play chat rooms. (laughs) Like messaging all these guys yeah. doing role play and like my favorite part was writing the erotica like mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah I talked to a lot of strangers online um some some points it was kind of scary <laughs> yeah um but yeah but mom never knew all that I just think it's crazy how like she always caught heavenly and the mean things she caught me like on those chat rooms and I got in trouble and she won't really? let me do it anymore. Yeah. Wow. She never paid Like very to, early to that's, on. She only, paid, she only paid attention to my weight. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> that's crazy because I I was in those virtual rooms. Yeah. Those like like virtual games. Yeah. Like and I'd have boyfriends on there. I was like I was talking about sex with her. Even on Club Penguin I had boyfriends. <laughs> Club Penguin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all sorts of shit watched porn i did so much stuff oh man and i never got caught <laughs> the birth of the internet uh yeah i just I, I didn't realize you got caught man maybe i was just good at being sneaky maybe or she just really didn't pay attention mm-hmm. to me <laughs> or by the time like you were yeah no maybe not yeah because heavenly but heavenly messed up because she left her Facebook open on mom's computer. Yeah. And then that was like mom's alert was mm-hmm. on her. Yeah. And then um yeah. After me I do feel like she started to kind of like loosen up or yeah. just get tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um I mean Lindsay and them they they get caught doing things. Yeah. But it's a part of growing up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> growing up. All right, I'm tired. All right, I'm hungry. <laughs> I guess that's it for tonight. Well, it was nice chatting with y'all. Yeah. I hope y'all enjoyed this high time we talk about it. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, was, yeah. it really was. It. I like it. My goodness. Y'all have a good time now yeah. and uh, come back and see us again in the future. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that just sounded. <laughs> I was thinking Popeye. <laughs> Alrighty. Anyways, Bissama bitches. Stay in the shame. <laughs>